Good morning on this Friday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. If you joined us yesterday, we had left off as we had been talking about Christ as our high priest, the Day of Atonement, his uh, work that he has accomplished, and the things that are he that the things that he is doing for us now. He is our mediator, according to First uh, Timothy, in uh, chapter two, verse five. <clears throat> between God <clears throat> and man himself. He is our high priest, according to the book of Hebrews, in chapter 4, verse 14 through 16, where we're asked, come boldly to the throne of grace. He's our intercessor, according to the book of Hebrews, in chapter 7, uh, that he ever liveth to make uh, intercession for us. We had also made mention that the Holy Spirit has been sent to the life of the believer to also help him in times of need and difficulty to be able to, when we don't know how to pray or what to pray, that he makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And uh, we learned also that Christ is our advocate uh, according to First John chapter number uh, uh, 2 in verse 1. That if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. And of course, he is faithful and just according to 1 John uh, chapter number 1, verse 9. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins if we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And also, as we walk, according to 1 John 1, 7, as we walk in his word, then uh, or walk in the light as he is in the light, then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. We're asked in the scripture, uh, when you pray, pray after this manner. And Jesus gave us, uh, basically, I'm not going to call it an outline, but he gave us a pattern. And that pattern works really, really well uh, in the life of the believer, uh, covering the fact that we belong to the family of God, covering the fact that the Father is holy, His name is holy, uh, delivering us from evil, delivering us from temptation, uh, forgiving others. All of this has to do uh, basically with the gospel message in itself, that if we don't forgive others, then God cannot forgive us either. He's not going to hear our prayers. So we're asked also in the scripture, that we can speak to the mountain or or say to the tree, be cast into the sea or yonder and it would move or it would do it. We're asked that whatsoever we ask in the name uh, of Jesus, that he would do it. The scripture tells us to ask and we shall receive, knock and it shall be open. Uh, it says, seek and you shall find. So we're given all these things. We're even told, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. In the book of First Peter in chapter 5, uh, the scripture goes on to say that in all these things, we are given the privilege of coming before God. But what about sin in itself? What, what about uh, one day the scripture says uh, that it's appointed unto man to die once, but after this, the judgment. What are we going to do then? When judgment 
when the when the beam of judgment of Christ comes and he is before his throne and we as believers stand before him, what is it that we're going to do? Well, the scripture says it's appointed unto man to die once after this judgment. And basically that is we will be judged as believers and the works that we have done or we will in this world be judged as sinners depending on which side of the line we were and there will be a judgment for that too but even before that judgment ever comes we can come before God according to Isaiah 118 come now don't put it off you don't have to wait till later but it says come now let us reason together says the Lord Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now, when we read this, it's actually a pretty tremendous statement that is made. Now, according to uh, the Talmud, the Jewish oral traditions and the things that they have written down, uh, not necessarily uh, written in our Bible, but the things that, that it was said that during the Day of Atonement, and that is what we have been talking about, that on the Day of Atonement, there was uh, two goats that were separated and lots were cast for them. One was going to be sacrificed. The other one was going to be led off into the wilderness. And the tradition says that they would tie uh, uh, a red ribbon across the horns of the goat that was going to be led out into the wilderness. And they would also tie a little ribbon to the temple door to the front. And as they went through the whole process of sacrificing one of the goats and offering the blood, and uh, sprinkling it and, and all the process that the high priest went through. Tradition says that the man that led the goat out about 10 miles away from the city, that before it was uh, turned loose in the beginning, then after that they no longer were turning it loose, but they would cast it off a cliff, that they would see that little red ribbon turn white meaning that for that year, their sins had been forgiven. Their sins had been uh, wiped uh, or covered or atoned for. And the ribbon at the temple door would also do the same thing. And uh, the, the writings of uh, the historians uh, say that after the sacrifice of Christ, after his death and burial and ascension to heaven, that... Those 40 years that were still on earth, that the temple still existed before the Roman legions came and destroyed the temple, that the ribbon never turned white again. It always stayed red. And it kind of like was a fearful warning that no longer were their offerings and their sacrifices uh, accepted. Now, like I said, this is written in their in their things. You're not going to find this in the Bible anywhere except right here where it says in Isaiah, come now. 
on the Day of Atonement, they were supposed to come according to Isaiah 58 with fasting. That was the way to afflict their souls, humbling themselves. No water, no food. Uh, it was a time of uh, uh, recollecting and bringing up to remembrance uh, their sins and confessing them before God. It was a day of, of uh, reverence, of fear, a day that no one worked. It was a, a considered a holy day, a Sabbath day. Uh, it was considered one of the feast of the Lord. And the people were actually in, I, I'm going to use the word very carefully, in terror. Because for the next 24 hours, as they prepared for the priest to go through the, the high priest, to go through the rituals of offering the sacrifice and everything, that they themselves also had to be prepared. The Bible talks about those that didn't want to, they were going to be cut off. And, and and basically, it goes to show that there are, there is, there always will be people who will refuse to repent and humble themselves before God, refuse to repent and humble themselves before Christ himself. They will few, refuse to repent and accept that only through the blood of Jesus and nothing else. Only through the sacrifice that he offered his blood for us that will we will be forgiven as we come to him. Now it says once again Isaiah 1:18 Come now. Let us reason together says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And wherever the blood touched, wherever the blood was, then that was actually uh, the work where the blood was going to be uh, providing efficacious work. It, it was gonna, it was gonna uh, uh, make itself. Effective in cleansing, washing, forgiving, remission, covering sin. But for the Jewish people during the Day of Atonement, it was just on that one day particular for the whole nation that they all awaited that work to be done. Now, the priest himself, the high priest, he went through a ritual of several, uh, uh, well, actually it was about five times a day, that he needed to wash himself and bathe uh, completely to purify himself. Uh, he did this for a total of seven days. And uh, there are laws that were given as to how the process and how things were to be done. In the book of Numbers in chapter 19, the whole chapter is concerning the red heifer and how it was to be sacrificed and how the washings were to be uh, taken place uh, by the high priest, by the individuals uh, in it, in that water, and uh, how the 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 blood had to be sprinkled towards the tabernacle, or or directly on the tabernacle of the congregation uh, seven times, and it goes through this uh, entire process how. It had to be an accepted sacrifice. You couldn't substitute the the red heifer. Now, a lot has been said in today's news 
uh, about the red heifer, how Israel has been preparing in in finding and having a red heifer raised so that when the temple is rebuilt, they can continue their sacrifices. But in order to continue their sacrifices, there must be a purification of everything through where the ashes of that red heifer are mingled with water as a purification process. And of course, then uh, the priests themselves uh, would wash themselves uh, in that and, uh, and then the sacrifices that would be uh, offered uh, and, and given. So going back, we are given extensive opportunities to come before God, uh, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you, according to First Peter 5. I believe it's verse 7. And then according to the book of Philippians in chapter number 4, uh, where the scripture talks about that in nothing be anxious. Don't, don't, don't be fearful. Don't be anxious. Uh, don't, don't be worry, worry, worrisome. But in everything through prayer, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So, the scripture says, call on me, and I will answer thee. Uh, seek the Lord early while he may yet be found. We are given ample opportunity on a daily, regular basis to come before him in times of need. Come before the throne of grace to obtain help. And mercy in time of need. We need his grace to be able to go above and beyond our limitations. It's his grace that enables us to be able to receive from him that at which point we cease to take any steps further because we no longer in our strength or ability or even our knowledge know what to do. But his grace opens up a vast uh, wealth of riches to be able to enable us to be able to reach and move forward and accomplish the thing that he has called each and every one of us to do. He equips us with everything that is necessary, including an armor, an armor to be able to fence off the enemy and defend ourselves. Uh, he's made us more than conquerors through and by the power of the Holy Spirit, through and by the confession of his word, the power of his word, and through and by the precious blood of Jesus. That's how they overcame the enemy in the book of Revelation. So in all of these things, we see that the Day of Atonement and the High Priest are so jointly connected that we cannot separate that in our present day time of what Jesus has done for us, what Jesus will be doing for us, and all that is going to take place in the near future involving and having to do with the restoration of the nation of Israel, where in one day the entire nation will be born again and they will receive their Messiah, and they will say, what are these wounds that are on your hands? 
and on your feet, and he will respond, These are the wounds that I received in the house of my friends. Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. The Lord richly bless you. Call out unto him. He's waiting for you. Amen.